Welcome back to another episode of Business Ends. I'm your host, Claire Johnson, and this week I'm interviewing Sarisha Barrett, founder and CEO of Click Here Marketing, Lawyered Up, and MPO Art of Charity. Sarisha is the name to watch in the tech space, and I'm grateful that she's spending time with us today to unpack everything she's working on. Sarisha, welcome. Thank you so much, Claire, for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be on this platform and uh, chatting to you today. I'm really excited to dig deeper into the tech space and uh, everything that I'm busy with right now. I know that's amazing. And thank you for your time. So normally what we do on the show is allow you to introduce yourself as well as the businesses you run, because I know things are always changing and there's always new additions. So yeah, you have the floor. <laughs> amazing. Okay. So um, I'm Sarisha Barrett, born in Durban. Um, I lived in Johannesburg and relocated to Cape Town five years ago. Uh, Lloyd Up is my baby. Here, marketing a green sustainable agency, working with sustainable brands. And then Arts of Charity is my NPO that feeds into all three of my businesses and life purposes. Um, just a high level sort of explanation on Arts of Charity. So there's three main causes for that being gender-based violence and rape victims, digital transformation, marine life and animal shelters. Um, and this is also a platform where I want to get more artists involved to be able to sell their art and contribute to a cause of their choice. Um, also art being something that I'm very much involved in and passionate about and uh, actually do art myself. Interesting. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> a woman of many talents. But listen, listening to how your businesses are set up, I absolutely love that you always have a social impact attached to it because that's also feel how I, uh, that's how I feel I run my businesses as well. And, you know, looking at your companies, they're all positioned around that and serving your community in one form or another. ClickTier is dubbed the Green Marketing Agency. So where did the decision stem from to focus on sustainable businesses and those looking to become sustainable? Um, so definitely started with educating myself on what's actually going on around us. Global warming, why are the birds flying low? Um, I then looked into what I was eating, how these animals are being treated. And this absolutely killed my heart. And I definitely think that education is key. During lockdown, I did a lot of introspection and learning where I dug deeper into the different industries as well as the fishing industry. Um, and then Seaspiracy came out and there's this Cowspiracy and there's just a whole lot of educational content that is now starting to come about. And I dug deeper into it. I wanted to add value to businesses and what better way than to be impacting the supply chain with suitable options and sustainable options in protecting the planet. So I started with beach cleanups um, when I got into a partnership with a brand called Evo Water, which is an alternative to single-use plastic. I did a lot of research on plastic pollution and the packaging that we often use, which impacts the oceans in the long run. Um, and... Africa has some of the most exquisite biodiverse and marine rich coastlands in the world. So we need to be able to protect them. And just going and, and doing more research on this has enabled me to one, live a more sustainable life whereby I only use products that's not tested on animals. I've cut meat and chicken out of my diet. I am trying to cut fish out as well, but that's been a little bit of a challenge. But one step at a time, you know, and um I would like small businesses that are emerging to be able to go the sustainable way, even if it wasn't initially part of their, uh, you know, initial business plan and, and the direction of their business. But if 
it, it could be the longer term goal, then I would love to be a part of that journey because it's less about the bigger companies, but more about the smaller companies that is going to eventually be the bigger companies of future generations to come. I love that. And I love that you said that, you know, more awareness is also coming to people living sustainably. And I think with that move, um, your Clean, Ocean, Clean Oceans Initiative, sorry, is quite the undertaking. So what goals have you set with your corporate partners that you would like to achieve in the next five to 10 years? So I thought that I wanted to add value in helping saving the ocean. So I opened the NPO and um, with the NPO, um, as made mention to one of the pillars is marine life and animal shelters. And um, when it comes to marine life, I think it's also something very close to me where I thought, okay, well, beach cleanups, you know, every time I go to the beach, I'm able to take a packet and, you know, fill it up with, with all, all the, the leftovers that you find. I mean, people are sitting on the beach having a great time and then they leave their forks, their spoons, their packets, their, all their rubbish on the beach. And then when I am there at least once a week, I make it part of my duty to actually pick up those papers. I did more research on how can I partner with different foundations and I came across WWF plastic department. So they have two different streams and one of them being plastic. Um, and I sent them an email and I'm hoping that they're going to get back to me to actually start working together to create more awareness on what's actually happening to marine life and how that's also affecting us as humans because now those little plastic and microbeads are ending up in the foods that we eat. So it's, it's really not just impacting the, the planet negatively, but it's also impacting us and our health and lifestyles negatively. So I do hope to partner with WWF. I do hope that this partnership grows into one that we're both able to add as much value as we can in terms of the root problem, which is educating people on what's going on today. A hundred percent. And, you know, I love that you mentioned that, you know, change actually starts at home, you know, having to being able to clean up your area or just doing your part essentially in society. It's very commendable. And I hope people actually catch on to this, that, you know, it, we don't have to wait on government. We don't have to wait on the municipality. You as your community can take charge. It's done for you. Exactly. And, you know, with many entrepreneurs, it's we've our companies or ideas are always birthed out of a need. And with your company lawyered up, this caught my attention and the work that you're doing in the legal space. So what gives this legal company an edge is the tech that they've developed. But Sushi, can you expand more on this for us? Because I absolutely love the product that you've put together. Thank you so much. So South Africa is a country that is notorious for its high levels of gender-based violence. We wake up on a daily to women abuse, killing, rape. Um, you know, the, the page on Facebook and Instagram called Save the Energy um, really triggers me. You know, what if I'm next? And the first thought that came to mind is what can I do with the skills that I have to help? So I teamed with pro bono lawyers to assist with, with free protection orders, which is part of the app as well. I partnered um, between Lloyd Up and Art of Charity, which is the nonprofit organization that provides relevant uh, legislation, legal templates, expert guidance and commentary on um, gender-based violence, you know. So I feel like Lloyd Up was something that was needed. Um, you know, it's not just an app, but it's also legal consultancy. So I'm going to go a bit deeper into what it is that we do and how that ties into to gender-based violence. So uh, Lloyd Up is geared towards revolutionizing the legal world by creating 
easier accessibility between lawyers and their clients through our digital platform. Um, but we're still running as a legal consultancy until that launches second quarter next year. Um, LawyerUp is a consultancy as well as an app. And um, generally legal processes are quite expensive and it's intimidating and time consuming, but we've aimed to assist um, by assist businesses by being compliant from the beginning. So we've come up with startup packages, especially being a legal startup, whereby we are assisting small to medium-sized businesses from the get-go with affordable and accessible legal services with your very basic sort of documents, call it your MOI, your NDA, your shareholders agreement, your terms and conditions sheets. So it's simple things like this that a lot of businesses only think it's important months down the line and it ends up costing them more after something that, that unfortunate has happened between them and business partners or any sort of association to their business. So um, through the initiative, we also aim to create greater job opportunities for lawyers in any region, industry and time. And um, this comes from our freelance uh, attorney service offering. So every other industry, and I'm sure you've noticed this, has freelance options. So you could be a freelance graphic designer, you could be a freelance copywriter, you know, a freelance accountant, but why not a freelance attorney? And I do hope that the legal space actually starts to allow for this freelance opportunity because post articles, not every attorney is, is retained. And when you're not retained, what do you do next? You now have studied for 10 years, got this beautiful qualification, used hours of your time studying for this qualification just to end up without a job. So we want to be able to create that platform to register yourself as a lawyer, tell us what your experience and expertise is, and as work comes in, we then sort of divert it to the respective attorney. Um, so going a little bit in depth into our MVP service offerings that the app will, will have is drafted, pre-drafted legal documents. Um, where it's existing, very template-based documents. Then we have vetting of your documents. So if you have a pre-existing um, contract that you maybe found on Google that you need us to check, are there any loopholes and can we assist you? Then, then we are able to do that. Uh, digital signatures. So I felt that it was no better time than now, um, especially with the pandemic, to come up with a platform that you're also able to um, you know, sign your document and send that through. We're well aware that there are third-party applications that can be used for digital signatures, but having all of these features on one is definitely an advantage. Storage control, gender-based violence-free protection orders. So, um, you know, I've made mention to a lot about how gender-based violence is, is a large portion of the app just because of the amount of trauma um, us as men and women are going through. And I'm not making this a gender sort of biased thing where I say it's only women or it's only men, but it's, it's definitely the both of us. Um, freelance lawyers, as, as made mention to, and virtual attorneys as well. Um, so for gender-based violence and rape victims, we will have a 24-hour helpline. Um, however, for the rest of the legal offerings, we will just be working uh, within business hours. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. I, I really love how you've, you know, digitized what I probably would dub as a, like a traditional career. 
Um, and I love that you've obviously seen the gap in the market where you notice that, you know, things from the legal fraternity aren't exactly, you know, getting the digital transformation push that every other industry is getting. But with the GBV side of things, um, you know, I love that you mentioned that you obviously offer this for free, right? But how do you, um, is it a matter of downloading the app that people can access these services or how do we go about it? Because I think just being able to put people, you know, on, be it on the podcast or in the, in the captions and that, just be able to let them know how to get hold of this feature. Because you, as you mentioned, it is a very heavy topic and obviously a very real life situation in our day-to-day lives here in South Africa. Um, so the first way to actually contact us is just via the website. So you're able to make a booking, you're able to give me a call or email me. Um, and then the, the sort of more automated way would be once the app is launched. Um, so once that happens, we'll definitely be running campaigns around that and just educating people more on how we can potentially assist them. Um, the third way is also through uh, the NPO called Art of Charity. So if you go onto the website, you're able to just, um, you know, email me from there as well and contact me from there, state what your issue is. Even if it's just a one-liner saying gender-based violence assistance, I will get one of the attorneys to contact you immediately. Um, and, you know, just from being a part of this initiative, I was able to get uh not just a handful of attorneys that want to do pro bono work for this, but a group of, you know, a massive number of men and women that said, you know what, Sarisha, I put my name down to volunteer to do pro bono work for those that have been affected by rape and gender-based violence. So I'm very blessed and grateful that even just the little word that is getting out there is reaching the correct people. But I do hope that it reaches, um, you know, as much people as possible um now and when when the app launches to reach the masses and tell me when is the app launching so we're hoping for second quarter next year unfortunately this year you know with the pandemic and with financial constraints it wasn't something that was possible um i am looking for more investment at the moment for the app as well so all of that is in the process it is quite difficult also finding investment in africa for something that is supporting African people. And a lot of the, you know, the, the majority of my investors at current um, or potential investors are from abroad. So I am hoping that, you know, being on platforms like yours does get the word out there that there is an app that wants to help, that's more CSI driven, that is quite, you know, tech driven um, and, and hope that we are going to get more traction as the months go by. No, and hopefully it does. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, like you've mentioned, you know, that your African or your, your investors aren't really from Africa, but outside of Africa. And I think I really want to just touch on that briefly. And actually your experience as a woman in tech and how you found yourself in a developing industry in terms of the African context. What are some of the struggles you face and how can government and investors essentially do better to develop and assist tech-based entrepreneurs and businesses? So I think being a woman in tech in Africa, I feel like I'm promoting the capabilities of an African woman, achiever and career, as well as an entrepreneurs. And something that's very interesting that I read recently is that women are, um, so, so women in Africa make up 58% of the continent's self-employed population. And I was quite impressed by that because I feel like, you know, we always disadvantaged. Uh, women are underrepresented in the tech space. And I love seeing how in Africa, there's, there's more women entrepreneurs than men, but where are these women and why are we not sort of assisted? 
while there's both men and female entrepreneurs, females face way more constraints, lack of capital, um, you know, being one of the, the huge obstacles, uh, discrimination, um, you know, not being able to get that seat at the table because we're not good enough, according to most people. Do we have the qualifications? Um, you know, are we actually in a field that's women uh, driven or not? Are we supposed to be just in a beauty sort of industry rather than a tech space? So it has been questions that I am trying to still tackle. I am trying to do more research on it to understand why is it this way? You know, um, why are we put at this disadvantage? An average of 38% lower than, than, than males. Um, males are getting help, but females are not. So definitely these factors are playing a huge part of the underperformance, you know, lack of capital, choice of business sector, commercial practices. Why is it that because I'm in a tech business sector, being an African woman, that you are not getting the same sort of um, support, backing and, and, yeah. and support. But I do see that changing and I love that, you know, being in the tech space right now, it has changed so much over the last two years after, you know, I went to World Economic Forum in 2019. I was very privileged to have been invited by a friend that worked with CNBC and, um, you know, watched a few of their, their chats and I was absolutely privileged to hear how fourth industrial revolution is obviously affecting future generations and the way things are going. And um, that's where my tech idea stemmed from. So seeing African women in an African setting in a tech space is absolutely liberating, especially being one of them. So I'm super excited for what's to come and uh, the growth that's going to be on this African continent in the tech space. Yeah, and that's such an interesting take. Um, and I also want to ask, you know, your time having been in the incubation with UK Tech Hub, do you feel that that really, um, you know, really shaped your business idea? And do you, do you find that there are benefits to being part of an incubation like that? Definitely. So, um, you know, it's, it's almost like they take you in and, and put their wings around you, not based on where you are in your business, but the potential it has, which is great. You could be seed, you could be venture capital, or you could be scaling. Um, and um, if you're not so familiar with these terms, it's just basically different levels of, of, your, of, of a startup. And they are willing to assist you and guide you, even if your idea is at its absolute basic and it's just an idea. And they teach you what is it that you actually need in order to get to scale right down to the legal documentation. How do you get digital presence? What sort of free legal platforms can you use to elevate your business? Do you have a landing page? What does that look like? Um, how are you creating your ads? Are you using funnels? Are you using Facebook? Do you know that there's platforms like Hootsuite? There's platforms like Sprout? There's, you know, these different free, free platforms. Are you using Canva by any chance? Because that's a brilliant platform. Even its free version is really great. So they give you these free tools, very much similar to what you're doing, Claire, you know, just uplifting these small businesses and teaching them the tips and the tricks of how to get your business from just an idea to something that is scalable. So having that sort of support structure and being surrounded by such strong and powerful women all in the tech space was amazing. It was a three-month um, 
sort of incubation period and it was amazing. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Aside from that, I was also part of another incubator as well, where there was different tech companies in the same space and we leveraged off each other um, in terms of service offerings and capabilities. So for me, I, I would definitely say being a startup, an incubator is important, but also if you just believe in your, in your ideas as much as you do and you see that potential, someone else is going to see it. And, and when people see that you're passionate, they also jump on board and, and, you know, you attract just as passionate people as yourself. So I've been blessed with both. Very, very grateful. No, and it's amazing to hear that, you know, because obviously there's always the debate, you know, whether when you start out as an entrepreneur, you know, you are, I don't want to say bombarded, but you're very overwhelmed with all these different avenues, you know, be it an incubation hub, you know, be it going, joining workshops and boot camps to try and get your idea out there. And it's just great to know that, you know, incubation, incubation sorry, um, really do benefit you at the end of the day. But yeah. I, I do want to highlight, though, that, you know, for those listening, um, your tech journey actually started two years ago. And I think just to highlight that, you know, this is a process. It's not something that's going to happen in a month's time or six months time. It's something that you build on gradually. But I would like you to take us through, you know, part of that journey, you know, the, some of the highs, some of the lows, because I, I do believe that, you know, being able to put people, you also need to tell them the raw truth. <laughs> so two years ago, it was just an idea after World Economic Forum. Um, you know, I, I wrote this idea down and I was like, okay, digitizing the legal space. Has it ever been done before? And my go-to, which I've sort of remained in, in our conversation, is education. Research and education is key. You don't have to go to a tertiary institution to educate yourself. There's tons of free platforms that you can use. I mean, YouTube, Google, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do. Just type in a question like legal tech companies. And there was so much that came up and I started looking deeper and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. You know, I, I like how a commercial business, as you've made mention to, is being digitized. So it hasn't, it hasn't been something that has been done in, in Africa or South Africa as yet. And I hope to be a pioneer of this. So the next stage of, of the research was putting a deck together and saying, okay, well, this is my monetization. This is my financial projections. Um, what does this look like for an investor? Is it something that an investor would be interested in? And, and I put that down. So from an idea, I finally documented it. I put it on paper. I did the research that I needed. The next step for me was then registering the business and, and making sure that all the legalities were in place and making sure that the company had a business account, that all the finer details of every company was then sorted and checklist. After that, I went deeper into what is this going to cost me? Let's get a breakdown of the costing got that costing and then began the process. It's not an easy process because, as I said, financial backing is something that doesn't come easy. I've been bootstrapping all the way. I've been making it month to month with the bare minimum. And I'm very blessed and grateful for the life that I live. But a lot of my sacrifices have gone into this business and this being my baby and for me, I think my main purpose here is the CSI factor and being able to give back to a cause that I'm very passionate about, being gender-based violence. Um, I then registered myself on different platforms. 
um, and Crunchbase being one of them. I attended hackathons, you know, being a part of accelerators. And, um, you know, that's just basically how I started getting the word out there on what is lawyered up. I did a, a soft launch, which I used my marketing company for. So basic, very, very basic where I just, um, you know, shared it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, your basic um, social media platforms, created a few posts stating what it is that lawyered up is, that we want to help gender-based violence victims and put that out there. Um, I got quite a bit of attorneys reach out to me and say they were interested in actually signing up for the platform. So that was great, as as well as the the pro bono side of it. So people are definitely interested in it. I just think I was a bit scared to go out of it without having the the sort of proper platform. Um, but after attending the the incubation program with the UK Tech Hub. They were like, just put it out there. Why are you so scared? It doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to just be out there and you build on it. So two years later, it's still not the perfect platform. It's still not where my dream and desired platform is. But I was able to, from an idea to see it live today, is very liberating and really, really just, it, it gives me goosebumps to think that it's out there now and it's, it's going to be helping people. Um, so that's, that's basically my journey this far. And I do hope that it's one that continues to grow and eventually become international one day. And I'm able to localize the app in different spaces so that people, when they do download the app and you, for example, live in Paris, um, you have French attorneys that's assisting you and all the documents is not transcribed, but rather actual jurisdiction in that specific area so that's my goals that's that that is basically where i see this platform going to um god willing and it's so inspiring and just listening to you and the passion that you have for you know the industry that you're in um and i like for me a key takeaway from what you said right now was research and education is key and I love that you touched that. It's actually free, guys. Google, YouTube, the, it's a plethora of resources to get you started. And, you know, the fact that you were very open to say that, you know, you were scared. You thought that you had to have everything refined, to have everything perfect. And I think it's really just testament and to anybody listening to this that, you know, just put yourself out there, put yourself in the room and allow the rest to build on itself, allow it to gain momentum. And, you know, it's those small incremental changes that really make a difference into you going from idea to market. And I don't think it's an easy journey, like just to put it out there. It's, yeah. I feel like entrepreneurs glorify being an entrepreneur. I can tell you, I have had numerous amounts of breakdowns, absolute crippling experiences, wanting to wake up in the morning to start my day because it is that stressful. Not knowing what I'm going to do to make it to the end of the month, not knowing, you know, where that's going to come from, but just knowing that my purpose and my passion is wanting to help those around me. And I've made it a, a definite that each one of my businesses has to contribute towards others, has to be an impact that is one that's going to affect future generations positively. And that being, you know, um, the NPO, um, the marketing company, as well as lawyered up. And I think if you can, you know, have that in any business, no matter what it is, 
God will bless you. And, and I do feel that when you're blessed, you're able to bless others. And if you're not doing that, then that's a problem. And um, yeah, that's just basically how I've been living my life for the last, I don't know how many years, forever. <laughs> yeah, and it's beautiful, you know, just being able to be on an entrepreneurial journey and seeing how it stretches you, how you grow, how you become very, what is that I'm for? You become, you have a very problem solving mindset because you're just constantly trying to see, okay, how can I tweak? How can I bootstrap here? And at the end of the day, like what gets produced and, you know, the legacy that you get to build out of it is, I don't think anything any of us could ever imagine because you started this journey and you have an idea or a broad framework, but what it looked like at the end isn't always what we envision, but it always takes us by surprise and in a good way. <laughs> Definitely. You don't know how it happens, but it's happening and you keep on going and you're motivated. You, you find it, you know, if you want something enough, you will find that motivation. And I think that's what I strive for every day. Uh, simple things like getting a motivation app on my phone that gives me a constant reminder of the good things that I have coming my way. And if you constantly stay in that space, regardless of your current situation, you overcome it and you don't understand how, but, but you do. So I do hope that the little bit of advice and, uh, you know, my heartfelt sharing does motivate someone to start that, that dream business and to achieve the goals that they have set for themselves and never give up. And, um, you know, I think sort of in closing, there's one thing that I really want to say um, is, you know, collaboration over competition. Um, I think we need to start collaborating more than, than, you know, see the next person as someone I can't help out without looking at that financial gain. Because you may not know that that person could actually be in turn helping you one day in the future. It doesn't have to be right now, but it could be one day or maybe never. Um, that, 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 that specific individual has collaborated and helped you. So definitely collaboration over competition. And, um, yeah, that's, that's basically me. No. And thank you for that, James. And in closing, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. I look so forward to, you know, the launch and obviously the rest of your journey. I am rooting for you from the sidelines. And thank you. I would look forward to seeing how everything pans out from, you know, art of charity to click your media as well as Lloyd Up. You're doing amazing. And yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on the platform and all the best with everything as well. And Thank the last few weeks left of this year. Yeah. So let's kill it. Let's get our visions right. And we are going to own 2022. Amazing. amazing. Cheers to that. Guys, thank you so much for joining in today. And I look forward to our next guest next week. And hopefully you found a few gems in this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs>